This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas Hospital Association. Hello there and welcome to Plain Spoken, a podcast produced by the Kansas Hospital Association. I am Tara Mays with the KHA and I will be your host for today's episode. I am so excited today to have a chance to speak to the president and founder of K9X Factor, Mark Bosque. Mark has 20 years of experience in event, entertainment, and corporate security. He has a passion for working with canines that he carries from childhood and since graduating from college has worked with several major corporations. And then in 2007, he began having uh, starting a security company with his business partner, which specializes in event and corporate security. He's grown that company exponentially since that time and uses his services now to help various industries and their employees and visitors to feel safe and secure. In his free time, he has volunteered with guide dogs with the blind and has experience with explosive detection dogs and training in those dogs since post 9-11. So before we get started, let me just say, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and telling us more about what you do and how that really fits with what our membership here at the Kansas Hospital Association does in running their hospital. So welcome to the show, Mark. It's great to have you. Thank you very much, and thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. So, Mark, maybe first, to get us started, tell me just a little bit about your background of Canine X Factor and your history of what has really brought you to see canines as a security solution, particularly in the healthcare industry. Sure. I started the company back in 2007 with a corporate event security, but my background goes a little bit further than that. I do have some law enforcement background in that. So I know what law enforcement is looking for, what we need. One of my things I always tell people is when you you have different security tools in your tool shed, and the canine is definitely one of them. The best thing about the canine is it is a physical and psychological deterrent. I, I will say that probably throughout this podcast, because it really is. It's the only tool you have that can deescalate an issue as quick as anything. I mean, I tell people it's not a silver bullet, but it's the closest thing we got. That's where my philosophy is. Going back to, I've been with dogs most of my life after college. I volunteer for guide dogs, canine companions. I've done all that. I really have an interest in using the canine. And what what happened is the epiphany that happened. I think that's where we're trying to get to is I was at a corporate security festival. For some reason, there was a bunch of trespassers coming through and I arrived, the management wanted me to, hey, Mark, can you control this? The police were 10 minutes out. I did have one of my canines on the back. This was just a pretty much of a pet German shepherd, but knew the basic commands, knew how to bark, knew how to, and he had very, very good presence. And so I brought him out of my car. I walk where people are trying to jump over the fence and trying to get into this corporate corporate party, more, uh, more, more or less. And once the dogs, once they saw the dog, the people just lined up and they went right away. They went back to their cars and they cleared the area. You will not get that in, in, I could put 10 officers with guns and you won't, you will not get that respect as you do with the canine. That's why it acts as such a psychological deterrent. And I am a firm believer, as you can tell by my voice, I have passion about this because I've seen just, just, explosive things happen and once you bring the dog in it just calms the situation down and without 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 like releasing the dog or anything just the mere presence and the mere bark 
creates a psychological, I don't want to say an illusion, but definitely a deterrent in the sense that the people just go, okay, I get it. And they, they, they just calm down. That's great. I, I, um, I'm curious how, can you describe for our listeners how the dogs are particularly great in healthcare settings? Dogs have been with hospitals for the last 20 years. Just it hasn't really jumped on in the sense that, so once they bring the dog in, like let's say an ER is the perfect answer to have a canine because it is such a volatile situation. Once the, we, we usually like to park the canine patrol car outside of the ER, you know, where, the, where there's room. Then, so, the, so people come in and they see, okay, oh, a canine truck. Then we have the agent and the canine walking in the area through the ER. Depends how big your ER is. They could be outside or they could be inside walking the area. So that already creates a calming effect saying, okay, this is a secure spot. Once, let's say, a patient is acting up, getting frustrated with the uh, registered attendant. Once they see the dog, they just de-escalate. Now, let's say the patient gets a little gets a little active. We just have the dog, at the most, have it bark at, at the patient. When that happens, I want to say the patient because I don't know who, who we're then dealing with right now. But if the activity is there, once the dog is in play, the bark alone will, will 99% take care of all the solutions. So how many hospitals do you currently work with um, to get the dogs in, in hospital settings? Um, how does that look right now, Mark? Okay, uh, We have 10 hospitals in California. Uh, we are the supplier of them. Now, in one of, the, in the one of the hospitals, we actually have our agent out there with the canine. But most of the times we will supply, train, and make sure the agent and then handler our best partnership. And that, that is the one thing with this is it has to be a very good partnership with the canine and with the handler. And that is where you'll see the most success. So I'm curious then, um, Mark, tell me a little bit about, because it sounds like your company does all of the training of the dogs. Mm -hmm. and so you deploy the dogs, but you can also su supply handlers. So tell me a bit about the background of what happens with the dog and what you do with the dog before they ever deployed in your hospitals that you work with. First of all, let's just kind of bring it back to the dog. We get the dog, we start training the dog in protection and in bark and bite. So that is the pivotal time. At 12 to 40 months, we start really getting the trainings a lot sync because two months to 12 months, it's all about basically training. From 12 months to 16 months is when we start really escalating into the protective skills there. Now, let me make sure I'm going to clarify something. Our dogs are protection dogs. They are not police dogs. And the difference is, is police dogs will go after things. Our dogs want to protect whoever they are with and they want to protect whoever the handler says to protect. So that's the difference is, is our dogs, any person, elderly, child, can go up and pet the dog. That's great. So tell yeah. me a little bit about, um, do you have to do any specialized training for those dogs that are working specifically in hospital settings? And then also I'm curious, yeah. Mark, do you contract at the point that you already have dogs now that you're going through the training process with that then will get partnered for hospitals or do hospitals come to you and then you specialize the training? Tell me a bit about how that process looks. Let's say I get a request. We will come out. We will uh, do a, an assessment where the dog should be the most efficient 
And again, it's, it's usually the ER and parking lots is where the dog is shows the greatest deterrent factor. Figure out the right dog for that hospital. Then we'll figure out through the hospital agents who's the right agent. We team them together. Then we go through a three to five week training program. Usually back in California, we can actually go into the state, but we just need need somewhere where we can train with the agent. That being said, then we will do a six-week reassessment with the agent and the dog to make sure everything is going accordingly. And then if there are any more help, we will, we will, we will be glad to go out again and make sure the dog team is working at its highest level. So I'm curious, you know, one of the things, and I think you've done a really good job describing, you know, op- opportunities for de-escalation and really kind of bringing some of those more intense uh, situations kind of down to, you know, a normal level and getting things that can be, um, you know, sort of tricky, de-escalated quickly. But when you look and in your experience, are there other ancillary benefits when it comes to using these dogs in a healthcare setting? Sometimes we're really struggling in the healthcare, like many other industries with, you know, workforce recruitment and retention. And so I'm curious, are, are there other ancillary benefits from utilizing these dogs that you could tell me about, Mark? Yes. One of my healthcare consultants that I deal with, uh, Mike Dunning, and I has his own consulting firm. He had a study where there was a place in Baltimore in a hot, in an urban area where there was the pay, the nurses were not feeling safe. The doctors weren't feeling safe. They had a lot of issues with them retention. Once they brought the dogs in, the retention increased by 80%. They didn't, people felt safe again. And that is the key to this, that everyone Patients, employees, staff, they're going to go to the hospital. Now brings the retention issue with the nurses and the doctors. Why would anyone want to go to a dangerous workplace? Let's say in this area, and let's say in this industry, the hospital uh, management to make sure doctors and nurses feel safe. And I think having a canine is one of your best tools out there. That's great. So if you, um, how do you suggest if a hospital is interested in learning more about this program or the first step in really analyzing if these services be right for them uh, or a good fit for their hospital and their employees, what would you suggest they do as kind of a first step in analyzing how your services might fit? Um, at the okay. I would probably suggest to go to a couple hospitals that have canines and talk to their management. Um, like like if you're in California, I would go to Pomona Valley. They have a great dog program. They're probably one of the, they, and they've had it for 20 years. So there's a 20 year study on that. I'll be glad to give the people's names and management and they'll be glad to describe the program. Um, I think that's your first thing that you should do is go to a place where they have them, see what the difference is. Then I would contact a supplier. You don't have to even contact me, but really, I would really, as my first initial call, if I was a hospital administrator, was to call hospitals that have canines. And I'll be glad if they want to call me and then I can give referrals to these hospitals. I'll be glad to do that so they can call them. But again, as I, that is your, that should be your first call. So you experience what the hospitals are going through and, and it's, it's from their mouth and not mine. That's great. Thank you so much, Mark. So if our members want to learn more about, you know, Canine X Factor, where can they go to learn a little bit more about your program, Mark, uh, and what you will sure. do? I would go on my website. It's uh, caninexfactor.com. Uh, you can always call me on my on my business phone. It's 650-245-1644. And you can email me at mark at caninexfactor.com. 
Well, Mark, I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Plain Spoken Podcast, hosted by the Kansas Hospital Association. It has truly been a pleasure to have you and get to know about your services and the services that you provide to hospitals around our country. So thank you so much for joining us. Great. With that, I also want to thank uh, and send a big thanks to our listeners. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. You can find each episode of Plain Spoken, a KHA podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to follow and rate our podcast, and we will see you next time on Plain Spoken. For more information on Kansas health issues, go to kha-net.org.